0: Welcome to episode four of the Burnout Expert podcast, where we are going to dive into how to beat burnout even when you can't add more to your plate, when you're exhausted, where your to-do list just seems never-ending, and your energy seems to be completely depleted all of the time, and your brain fog is kicking in, and Things just take you longer and longer to do that you're feeling like, okay, I want to get out of burnout. And I'm hearing all of these things that people are saying that I should be doing to reduce my stress, to to, to get my energy up, but I don't have the energy or I don't have the focus or the brain power or any room on my plate to even start looking into these things, let alone implement or do any of them. Burnout is exhausting. It, it's I know I used to describe it as thinking and moving through a fog of cement. Anything that I had to think about there seemed to just be this layer of fog that I had to look through and search through that took so energy, to, so much energy to find the words or to find the information I was seeking. And I'm talking things like opening the fridge and looking to see what the heck is in the fridge. I was trying to make a sandwich, which sounds so simple, or make a salad, make something very, very simple and I would open the fridge and it's almost like you have to move this fog to even see what's in the fridge. Working at things, uh, projects in the office where you have it to read things, paragraphs three, four times, you're reading documents over and over and you're like, what the heck did I just read? Because this fog is clouding everything, where your energy is so friggin' low that you're just constantly pushing, and this fog I would would feel in my my body. So there's a difference between going and doing a workout and being sore the day or two after. We're doing stairs, or you know, any movements, getting up out of your desk. You're like, oh my legs, right? But there's a difference between that and just constantly feeling like you are pushing just to move your arm feels like you're you're exercising when all you're doing is moving so you feel like it's a fog of cement there's there's that weight to your movements it would blow me away where at certain points of my burnout i could i could do part of a workout for some of my Um, I could push through a workout, but going upstairs would wind me. And none of this made sense to me. So that's where that fog of cement usually just just was the way that I, I guess, it it was the best way that I could describe that. And hopefully that resonates with you. And when you're having this feeling, when you're just so drained, batteries constantly saying that it needs to be recharged, even as soon as you're waking up and coffee is not giving you energy anymore you're you're just you're exhausted then it is hard to even think about strategies to get you out of burnout that being said there's also this other side where there's so many things that you can be doing what do you pick how do you choose them and And you just get into the spiral too of what should you be doing or some of the things that you're doing aren't helping as well. And when you start researching how to get out of burnout, like that list of things is long. So many suggestions. Everybody has an idea. Everybody says, this is the best thing. This worked for me. You have to try it. The thing is, is that what people suggest may not be what you even want to do, it may not fit into your life, it may not even be the changes that you need to make. What gets us into burnout, the stressors that we're experiencing in our life, what we like and don't like to do as far as the strategies to get out are all so different that it makes it really tough to be able to navigate all of that and figure out how in the heck, or what what is the best for me? How in the heck am I supposed to narrow all these down and find out the best thing, like is what your neighbor says, or your colleague says, or your friend says, just because it worked for them, it may not be the best choice for you. So how do you navigate all this all? So change really happens when you're first doing things that work for you and when it's something that you know that you can do. So even if something that somebody is suggesting, you may think, oh, that would probably work for me. But when you start diving into it, it does not work into your life. It doesn't fit. So I'll use the gym for an example depending on the stage of life you're in. I used to go to the gym all the time. It was easy when I was single. And when I was dating um, and before I had kids, I could always find time to go to the gym and, you know, you travel, I'm in the city, so everything takes 20, 30 minutes to kind of get there. You'd travel, you'd do your workout for an hour, get yourself ready, come back. It's two, two and a half hours from start to finish. I had that time then. I have two kids now. I have one that I homeschool, a neurodiverse child that is at 2E, neurodiverse, that has certain needs. I'm running a business. I have another child that's in school that may wanna homeschool next year. And I have so much on my plate as well. My husband is a police officer and him getting off on time is not, is rarely guaranteed. So me trying to find two hours to get to a gym is just not even possible. So even if that is something that used to in one of your other stages of life, in one of your, you know, in your your past that worked for you, that helped to give you energy, that helped to you manage your stress, if your body, depending on the stage of burnout you're at, is able to even work out at this moment. And you know that this is something that would work for you. It may not be something that you can do logistically in your life right now. And so it really is about taking that step back and breaking things down and trying to figure out all of the different strategies that are there and what is the best for you. The smaller changes sometimes we think, oh, we need to do the big things. We need to do these big things. We need to do that two-hour, you know, time slot in order to get to the gym and do these activities and or I'm not going to get better. I need to completely rehaul my nutrition. I need to just go on a diet and rehaul everything, even at the expense of my kids not liking the food or spending more time in the kitchen than I have to prepare my meals or eating foods I don't even like or going to a totally different eating style in order to get better. That's what you may think that you have to do. But you may not have the time or the bandwidth or the will or the want or the even, like, how can you sustain something if you don't even like it? And so when we start looking at all of the things to get out of burnout, it's, we we need to not, need to not, we should not discount these smaller changes. If you take two or three small changes, so let's say you started eating some more veggies. Now, this isn't something that will get you out of burnout, but let's say you start eating an extra cup of veggies a day. And it's something that's totally maintainable and easy for you to do. Let's say that you go for a 10-minute walk every day. Or at work, when you're going to work, you take the stairs every single time instead of an elevator or an escalator. Let's say you incorporate those small things. Let's say you decrease one cup of coffee in your day. You're not going full tilt taking all the coffee out. You're decreasing the one the later in the day. If you're making these small changes and you're making them at a pace that works for you, then If you're moving 10 minutes extra a day, if you're eating one cup of veggies extra a day, how much better off will you be in a year? What about in five years? 10 years, having that extra cup of veggies, all those extra vitamins and minerals. And let's say that those two habits become so simple. Those two habits just become a part of your life where you're getting that 10 minutes of extra movement a day. You're getting those veggies, but you add another small change in there. And then that one gets easy. And you add another small change. And another one. Those over time, you don't even realize how many tools you've put in your toolbox. If it is manageable for you, if they fit into your life. For some people, I know, for instance, on LinkedIn, I have a post or a posting where I actually um, just finished a certification on sleep, stress, and resilience training. It is by, a, by Precision Nutrition of whom I have been certifying with them since, oh shoot. I've known them for 30 years of me being in the coaching industry. And one reason I love their certifications is they do look at the full picture of things. They aren't, they don't pigeonhole you into, oh, you must, you know, work out two hours a day, or you must rehaul your whole diet, or you must do all of these things. And everything is science-backed. I, I just I love them so much that even though I've been teaching and coaching burnout prevention, especially to first responders, very successfully since 2018. I took this certification and I did. I learned some great nuggets. I also, it reinforced the coaching that I do because I've taken their other uh, higher level coaching programs as well on how to coach, how to have it form. And it reinforced that with stress, sleep and resilience training techniques. And they break things down that I always learned some golden nuggets. It was phenomenal too, to help me realize that all that I have been learning and doing and all of the courses I have been taking and all of the science and the research journals and stuff that I'm constantly reading, um, that every single module that they did, I actually have in my course for first responders, which was great, but I still learned some phenomenal nuggets from them. I digress though, that's not what I was talking about. I posted about getting the certification on LinkedIn and And somebody posted all about how they moved completely to, him and his wife moved to completely to a plant-based diet. This gentleman has been in my world for a while, and I am so um, happy, grateful that him and his wife found something. And it was a whole rehaul of their nutrition and diet that worked for them and for the situation that was going on with them and what was going on with them and it's it's fascinating though that you know that's not going to work for everybody that we still need to understand that yeah he's he's so excited that this worked for him and i'm i, I i'm not discounting how much it has worked for him but I've been in this industry for 30 years to know that moving to a plant-based diet is one-dimensional. It's a whole rehaul of what you do. It's working for them. They like it. It's motivating them so much so that he is telling everybody about it, but it's not what will work for everybody. Will it work for some of my clients? Absolutely. If that's what they like, If they start eating the more veggies a day and start finding it helps them and start adding more and adding more legumes, and eventually they may find out that they're more of a plant-based diet. And through working with me, we start teaching about some of the vitamins and nutrients and, and minerals that they may not be getting from that diet and how to incorporate those in. They may feel so much better, but that's not for everybody. And that's the thing is because something really worked for somebody, we need to to be so excited for them that something did work for them, but also understand that that one solution is not going to work for every single person. And when we make small changes, sometimes the small changes over time can have more of effect than these big ones because the big ones are harder to keep long-term. They may not work within your life. You You may not like them. They may not make you happy. This gentleman that commented on my host is so happy with a plant based diet. Not everybody is going to be happy on a plant based diet, even if it helps their health. If they're not happy, then how can you sustain that long term? So there's this compound effect, and adding things that make you happy, adding things that you can realistically add into your life is what is going to get you out of burnout? Is it going to get you out fast? Not necessarily. I've worked with practitioners where I will do testing with them and find out all about my stress vitamins and minerals and my toxin loads in my body and my methylation, my um, the way that my body oxidizes, my hormone levels, all kinds of things. Oh, my gut testing. I've done so much testing. And it's fascinating that When I'm working with these practitioners, they get so excited about your results that sometimes they want to throw every single solution at you. And so you walk out of there with like hundreds of dollars of supplements and have to remember how to take them all. Whereas if they were to have added one solution for you, which may have been a supplement, may have been things to maybe tackle one thing. And then once you've got that one added in, you added in another and added in another, you would, you may be more successful in getting through that treatment and that protocol versus throwing everything at it all at once. Especially if you're somebody like me and didn't realize that you have a um, adverse reaction to capsules, the gelatin capsules. That's what was actually causing a lot of my gut issues and stress on my body and all kinds of things. And I just. Th- practitioners just kept throwing more and more and more supplements to fix all of my symptoms. And we realized it was the capsules. So going slow will help you to understand what is working, what isn't working. You can start seeing, and then you know actually where to be focusing on more. So what does this look like when I'm working with a client? So when I'm working with a client, I will first talk about their life. We're going to talk about what's going on at home. For me, like as I said, I have a 2E neurodiverse child. I also have another child that, um, he's awesome, not that my other one's not awesome, it's just, it's fascinating, but he almost gets under the radar because everything's good, if that makes sense. And so we need to make sure that we also give him the attention that he needs, being the wife of an officer who is, works all over the place, ridiculous hours. Um, And, running my own business, like doing all of these things that, that is important for me to know. It's important for me to know what your work life is like. How are your works? Like, do you have kids that you have in daycare and you have to get there and go to work? And then like schedules, are you working for home? Um, Do you have older kids? That makes a difference in what Stages they're at. of your teenage years are harder than, than sometimes younger years or years. Or your kids may be out of the house. Like you may not have kids. These all determine what will and will not work for you. What are your stressors? Do you have family stressors? Do you have parents that you're taking care of? What are, do you travel a lot with work? Are you on different schedules? Are you working with certain teams at work? Do you have support from your family um, leads above you how are you with managing teams that are maybe under you there's so many different dynamics to be looking into even starting to understand things like um the environment that you're in certain uh buildings. so one example is with lease quite often I'm laughing I should not be laughing it's not funny but there is um mold in many of them if I ask them about mold in the buildings that they work in they're like oh yeah like we had a huge infestation of mold and all of that which can also be affecting their stress system in a different way also too depending on who I'm working with those in some of the southern states in the United States where there's um hurricanes and all of that stuff there's um, more humidity in the air. They, they tend to have more mold in their houses as well. And these are factors to consider. Um, different things up where I am in, in Canada, a lot of our pipes are lead pipes. So thinking of those things as well from toxin per, per perspectives. So really diving into so many different aspects. So I will sit for a couple of hours with a client when I start working with them and learn about them. I wanna learn about their stressors. I wanna learn about the good things. I wanna learn about what motivates them, what they don't like, what they do like. And this really helps me in being able to find out what direction for to go with them. And from there, we'll start trying to decide what the best course of action is to take. From there, we'll start to see all kinds of stressors. They may have family stressors. They may have a child who's sick or a child with higher needs. They may have a job with higher needs. We need to figure out where to get into. Is their sleep really off? What's their sleep like? What's their sleep routine been? Has it been their whole entire life? Did it kick in after a certain stressor? Finding out about stressors in their lives. So we may work, um, start working on gut. We may start working on their nervous system, their nutrition, their physical, their mindset stuff. If they're just continually putting things on their plate, or um, there's just so many different stressors that we can start diving into. And I may sit there and think, "Ooh, this is one we should really hit on," but they may not want to, or not want to be ready for that. And if I start pushing them into it, how successful do you feel that they will be? If they're not ready to work on that, that why don't we start working on something that may be a little bit more of a lower hanging fruit, that may be something that, that is easier for them to accomplish, that will give them successes and If we set it up right, they'll start seeing some success with that. And then we work on another. It's that compound effect that I was speaking of earlier. So what I would do with somebody is we would decide what it is that they would like to work on. I would educate them a little bit on things like your nervous system. Hey, with your nervous system, every single time you're going into a stress state, your stress nerve kicks in your nerves are like a muscle. Every time you work them, the stronger they get, the quicker they are to react. So if you're constantly working your stress nerve, it becomes so strong and overpowers your resting nerve. So if we work on your resting nerve right now so that it stops being overpowered by your stress nerve, then you can start controlling when you're in a stress state and when you're in a relaxed state, so you can actually be at home and sit and relax instead of having 50 million thoughts going on in your head, not being able to sit still, not being able to, to do things um, and not getting heightened, going from zero to hundred, being moody. Um, oh man, my moods. I used to just be fine. And then Medusa would kick in, you know, the kids would steal something or there'd be a noise and you would just instantly be yelling and being like, what the heck is going on? That quite often can be the nervous system. So I have to explain things like this to somebody and be like, and if we get into your sleep, this is what it's affecting. And I'll dive deeper into the sleep part. And so we'll go through them so they can kind of understand why I'm pointing some of these out. And they'll decide what they would like, what they feel they can be the most successful with. So once we've picked that then what we're going to do is we're going to create a list of solutions. I've got lists. So if it's sleep, I've got a whole list of all sorts of biohacks, solutions, different things that have worked with my clients through, uh, well, since working with responders since 2018, but also before that, like has worked with clients the last 30 years of me coaching and training. Um, If it's something physical, if it's, um, nutritional, if it's your gut, if it's mind I've got lists of things that we can be starting on that we can be working on. And what we would do from there is we will actually look at this entire list. And I will get my clients to go through each thing on the list and do two things with it. The first thing is we're going to go through with if Let's say it's sleep. What do you feel will help your sleep? Because there are things on there, or I'll just use example for stress even. Something to do with stress that somebody does. At one point, like taking out, let's just even say taking out coffee. Let's just even say that one for sleep as well. If it says reduce your coffee, that might actually stress you out more. You may not be ready for that, and that's okay, right? So we're going to go on this hierarchy of lists, and we'll say what is going to help your sleep. And you may also say, too, uh, decreasing your screens for sleep two hours before bed, and I can explain to you why. That's something for sleep if you don't know why, but you can say, mm, yeah, that... I don't think is going to help my sleep, taking certain vitamins, you know, having a hot, a cold shower, a hot shower, different things. You'd be like, yeah, that's not going to help my sleep. So you put that lower on your list and the things that you think will help will go higher on your list. You may find, yeah, you know what? Two hours before screens is good, but then we're going to switch to the second thing of which ones can you do? And do you think you can do right now? and which ones do you think you can't do right now? Two-hour screens, you may have felt that that was high in the list. Yeah, I think this will help my sleep. But when we get to the can and can't do, you might be like, hmm, but I have a course at a certain time of night, or I need to be working because of the way that my schedule goes with my kids. I need to work after they're in bed. I need to be on my screens. So that might move to the more can't section. And we want to find out where you can and can't. by the end, we have on our list your top three to maybe five things that you feel will help your sleep, will help your stress, will help your nutrition, will help your nervous system, and that you feel you can do. So this is really important. Um, even using examples with first responders, right? Like there's certain things you cannot do because of your shifts. You just can't. Right. And so we need to be realistic on what you can do based on your job, based on your life, based on your stage of life, based on your energy, your bandwidth, your likes, your dislikes, and start focusing on those things first. And when we have your top three, then we start creating strategies of how you're going to implement it. And It's so fascinating because I've been doing this myself and I mean, I'm always doing it. I'm always creating goals and doing things. And so I wanted to, I need to start upping my workouts that I am doing. And I love to work out in the mornings. And so I've had a really, really, really bad habit of waking up and going on my phone right away to check my, my whoop and aura ring stats, um, check how I'm doing. And it just gets into this total cycle of 20 minutes, 30 minutes that I'm on my phone. And then that would be decreasing my amount of time to work out because my kids are up. I have to get breakfast, get ready, get them you know, one at the door, get the other one started with the homeschooling and get me in the office. And I was finding that I was getting, struggling with that. So just saying, oh yeah, I'm going to start working out in the morning. It wasn't happening because I had to actually fix another habit first. So that's where we have to sit and set some, some guidelines or rules, not rules. I don't like that word at all. Some steps that you're going to take is when I wake up, I'm going to go downstairs to the kitchen, take some of my vitamins, grab a huge glass of water and go and start my workout. And I need to actually write down these steps and put them on a bit of a checklist for me. And on my checklist, it says, do not go on phone. I've actually got another device that I have my podcasts on and my music on that I can go on. And put on a podcast or put on music to listen to, an audiobook to listen to. And so that I'm not sucked into all of my other stuff on my phone. I don't even have social media on my phone. Well, that's not true. I have LinkedIn and I've been getting sucked into LinkedIn. So it's just fascinating how phones are designed to suck you in. If you haven't watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, highly, highly recommend it. I'm watching it right now with my kids to get them to really see how these companies create these algorithms to pull you into their apps and devices. So there's different things you can do. And then I have to say, I'm going to do 20 minutes of movement. Now there are some days where I can't do tons of like, I need recovery days, I need workout days. so. I've had to lay it out as to what I'm kind of doing when, but if my gut does start acting up and I can't do a really hard workout, I still need to do some sort of movement or breathing or something during that time that is still physically active and it's going to be training my body. So, so with a client, we'll create kind of a visual of what that is going to look like and ways to start measuring it. Now, this is also where I do like the whoop and the aura ring as well, because when you start adding these things in, no one's ever going to be perfect. Nobody is perfect ever. And there are going to be days where you're going to push harder in a workout. There's days where you're not. There's days where certain strategies you just did not fit them in. And especially at the start, at the start of building habits. You put them in, life happens. You have to start course correcting, which is where I work with clients as well, is to be able to figure out, okay, this didn't work, why? Was it the time of day? Was it like some, quite often piggybacking things on another? So for me, it's waking up, go downstairs, vitamins, and then do my workout. So I'm piggybacking a habit I already have is waking up, going and taking my vitamins with the next step. So maybe we didn't have it piggybacked off of another habit that's already part of my daily life. Maybe we need to create one of those. There's so many different factors we need to consider, but it's going to look messy in the beginning. It really, really is. And even over time, nobody is ever going to be perfect at anything. So getting these habits in on a consistent basis up to what you can do and making them so that they fit into your life. You may have to adjust the time of something, when you're doing it, how you're doing it. So many different factors to really put into place in order to really um, make sure that this fits into your life for you. Because even if you're doing a strategy that works for somebody else, the way that it looks like for you will most likely be different. And so when we get into the whoop and the aura ring that I really, really, really love, you'll start seeing your HRV is your, your body's ability to handle stressors and you'll start seeing that change. You may, from some of the strategies that aren't even sleep strategies, start seeing that your sleep starts improving. So checking your stats. I love to have those stats to see that. Your your stress system that you are getting out of burnout because you still may feel like crap. You may still be waking with a low like low battery, but if we can get your HRV up one point, you may have an HRV in the twenties or thirties, and your and the baselines are all different for everybody. But you may have a twenty five or thirty, and sixty may be where you're at when you're out of burnout and feeling really good. So let's say you have a 23 HRV on average. If we get it up to a 24, we know we're making progress. You may still feel like crap, but you're at a 24 now. And over weeks and time of adding these smaller things that are compounding over time, we can see, ooh, you're up to a 26 now. 26 is your average and a 27. And then life throws you a curveball and you go back down and we're like, "Hmm, we know that. But what? tools do we know can bring you back up to that 27 let's bring those let's do those and then let's continue getting yourselves up until you get to what may be yours 50 60 something like that my one son's is like 100 it's ridiculous he's also a kid um that his hrv is just crazy but the thing is is it's individual to each of us and knowing where your baseline is on that and improving your baseline when you're in burnout, when you're feeling like crap and knowing that, okay, what I'm doing isn't necessarily having me feel more energy yet, but it's improving my stats, which means I know it's doing something good. It's just that I was so deep in, so deep in burnout that I wasn't able to, um, that that you may not, you're not going to notice yet that the progress that that habit is helping you on the flip side too though it will help if something is stressing you out more you may start exercising and your hiv may drop and drop and you may not recover and that's where your body's telling you that it can't handle the stress of a workout even though a workout is supposed to be good for you when your your body can't handle any more stress on it a workout is not A tough workout, pushing your body physically is not helping you. And having those stats and that information is really, really, really helpful in figuring out what is going on. So it takes the guesswork out and allows us to really be manageable on what we're doing. All right. So that was a lot that we dove into today. I do want you to understand that every change that you can make, no matter how small it is, does have an effect on how you feel. It has effect on your, your bandwidth, on your, your moods, your energy, on your entire health and getting out of burnout. So don't discount any small strategies that you're implementing, they do all add up. Make sure that the strategies are for you. Make sure that they definitely are working in your life and you can try one that you think works for you. And after you're doing it, you're like, "Ooh, I don't like this. Or, "Ooh, this isn't really fitting into my life the way that I thought. That's okay. Now you know. Then you can try another one. You can first try to see if you can find a way to make it fit. Um, and sometimes you can, really thinking outside the box, especially with first responders. We had to do so much outside the box thinking. But Um, And sometimes we can figure out a way to make it work. But if you can't, that's okay. Not a problem at all. So really take that time. Give yourself grace. Burnout's a beast. It took you years to get into burnout. It's not going to be really super quick to get out. So take the time that you do need. Give your body grace. Give your mind grace and you will get there. The compound effect is real. If you would like to be invited to the live recordings, I would love right now to be answering questions. This is a newer podcast out there, and um, so I am just building up an email list, and building up traction to get all of you in. I do have another podcast that I've had out for about a year now, specific to first responders. This one here is for all of you in burnout. And if I would love to be able at the end answer questions. So if any of you today, you could have popped on and we could have dove a little bit into your life or some of the changes that you're making and maybe tried to help get them to work a little bit better for you. I would love to be able to do that. If you would like to hop on, there is a link to get on my email list where I will invite you to the recordings. And when you can make it great, hop on and ask questions at the end. I will not mention your name so nobody will know on the podcast recording. But if you would like, I'll send the Zoom link out for the recording um, through my mailing list, through my email list. So join that in the show notes. And if you do want, I have a course on the WHOOP and the Aura Ring on health trackers on how to understand. So I've been mentioning HRV, I've mentioned um, uh, sleep stats. I'm mentioning different stats that you find on the WHOOP and the Aura Ring on your health tracker. If you would like also Apple Watch, I do dive into that a little bit as well. I have a free course if you want it. Um, Nothing I have is on a website yet. I don't have that up. Maybe I will one day. If so, check the show notes because we'll change the show notes when we do get a website up. But everything I have right now is all for my other business, which is 911lifestyle.com for for first responders. So just email me, email me, Andy, A N D I, at 911lifestyle.com and ask me for my health tracker course, and I'll just email right back to you. So let me know. Nothing fancy yet. Working on building relationships and getting into more coaching of clients that are outside the first responder world, as well as continuing my coaching with first responders and all of that fun stuff that goes with it, which is amazing. So if you'd like to join that recording, click that link below. I'd love to see you and I will see you in the next episode.